Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Checking elsewhere around North Dakota, it's the time of year when fishing definitely takes a backseat to hunting especially now that grouse and waterfall seasons are open, plus the state's pheasant and fall turkey seasons open October 8th. But that doesn't mean anglers have completely hung up their rods and reels and are waiting for ice. It just means there are fewer anglers out there, even on Devil's Lake and the Missouri River system. Devil's Lake anglers continue catching small walleye, but the cool autumn evenings are cooling down water temperatures. They're still generally trolling with bottom bouncers, but are moving into shallower, warmer water. Also try jigging around rock piles along the towers or bridges. A little activity continues on Stutzman and Barnes County area lakes using a mix of minnows and nightcrawlers, if you can still get nightcrawlers, that is. Try Lake Ashtabula for its ongoing panfish bite and look for a potentially fall nice walleye bite. In general, though, fewer anglers are on Lake Ashtabula as well. The Missouri River tail race remains slow for walleye and salmon, but there's good catfish success. It continues from both boat and shore, using a variety of presentations. Work 50 feet and deeper along the east end of Lake Sakakawea for walleye, using jigging wraps or slow death hooks, and be sure to move around working the points. Salmon are moving shallower, with the bite going from top water all the way down into deep water. Try a variety of presentations along the areas around Garrison Dam, including Scoria Bay on the west side of the dam. And finally, Lake Audubon is improving for walleye success, but there again, it has limited angler activity. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator again. Read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Uh, we've got a friend of ours, Mr. Theo Tolliver, who hails from Minot, North Dakota, and... Um, Theo, is this your first uh, first time on Gone Outdoors? This is the first time on Gone Outdoors, but I think the Shack Talk, I was on Shack Talk there with you, I ice fish season there. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You absolutely have. And that season's coming up soon. That might be a conversation for another day. We're going <laughs> to talk hunting today. Uh, and, and I tell you what, I, I know Theo, Scott knows Theo on a personal basis, but we also follow him on social media. And um, you have been so real and so transparent over the last two to three years as you've kind of be- began your 
uh, adventures in the outdoors. And I just wanted to be able to have you give you the opportunity to to kind of visit and and maybe talk to listeners who are early in their hunting kind of um, evolution, right? And in, in, in getting into the sport and understanding it. Tell us a little bit, Theo, about, you know, the last few years and, and, and what brought you to get involved in the sport of hunting? You know, I, um, a few years ago, I mean, I, I've always loved hunting. I always loved, you know, the outdoors and stuff. And I always wanted to get into bow hunting, but I really didn't know how to like, truly get into it other than just asking friends and just taking tips and then finally just making a leap. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. If you have friends that do it, ask for advice and just take the leaps. A lot of people are just scared to do it. Um, and it, it, little did I know my adventure just started from there and it, it just got kind of, got kind of crazy. You know, I always post these picture, pictures of me catching fish and doing everything like that. And I kind of want to say, you know what, maybe dive into this whole bow hunting and hunting experience and let me share it with the social media. And I kind of just do it at first. I kind of just started as like a, like, a, Oh, Hey, this is what I'm doing. But it kind of, you know, I kind of did like a little blog thing, an update, you know, every so often about my hunting adventures and, and yeah, it's been a doozy. I mean, <laughs> I just started bow hunting uh, two years ago. This is my third year doing it, and 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 it's been a wild ride for sure. So, <laughs> so Theo, you know, we like Kyle just alluded to. We had Doug Lear on in the last segment talking about the youth hunt, the youth deer hunts, and and the importance of having mentors and what a mentor does. But not everybody can have that mentor, which is this is a great segment for those that don't necessarily have that mentor that can take them out, show them all the rights and wrongs, show them all the mistakes that, you know, you're going to make. So maybe not, try not to make yeah. them before you make them. But, you know, and, right. and you kind of went out and did all this on your own where you took all your lumps and you figured it out all, all on your own so far. Yeah, I went and figured it out. And I, well, the thing with me, and, and, I, and this goes for everybody, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Do not be afraid because it's going to happen. Everybody makes mistakes, even, but you know, all the pros and all the guys on a TV show that show they never make mistakes, or if they do, it's very rare. They all make mistakes. Even to, to this day, they continue to make mistakes. And, and, and it's just part of the hunting and part of the learning. Like my biggest mistake, like one of my biggest mistakes was uh, not being prepared for my arrows. I left, I took one arrow out and the very first day I shot it, I missed him. He didn't know what was going on, but I had the opportunity to take another arrow out if it was ready and shoot him again. And on top of that, too, was kind of a little bit uh, into shooting hours, and I didn't have lighted knocks. Lighted knocks would have said, hey, you shot low. We, we recalibrate your shot and go from there. I learned so much that just from that made a world of a difference. Now, every time I go into my, my stand or my, my ground blind, I have two arrows ready, one in my, one, in my, one in my bow and then, you know, and one ready to go just in case, you know, just one of those things. That's a great lesson and a perfect example of kind of that trial by error Theo, I, I'm I'm gonna follow this up later with some of the the biggest successes you've had because it's not all been challenges. You've you've been very successful as well. But what would you say has been the biggest challenge as someone new, kind of self teaching yourself about the sport of archery? What's what's been the biggest challenge for you so far? Well, archery, you know, alone is just is just repetition. You got to get your practice in just for shooting. You know, that's just that goes with anything shooting practice 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 you know make that ethical shot um but the, my biggest challenge is getting access to land that's the biggest challenge you know um thankfully i i, I just you know i was knocking on doors and i happen to know people onyx there's an app called onyx it's absolutely great 
you know, I got a handful of some landowners, got a lot of no's before I got yeses. And, you know, and I think one of the biggest tips is like, oh, can I, people, one, I think one of the biggest complaints people have is they don't have access to, to hunting land. You know, other than that, there's public hunting land, which isn't all that great and everybody uses it. But, you know, you got to keep knocking on doors and eventually you get a yes or a great farmer and then offer offer up some, some work, offer up. Like my biggest thing, I catch a lot of fish. I offer up walleye. A lot of these farmers don't have a lot of time to fish, but they love walleye. At least up here in North Dakota. So that's my big bargaining chip. And my current landowner loves walleye and he loves me for giving it to him. So <laughs> it's about building that relationship, right? And absolutely. I think the, the, absolutely. The first thing I heard you say, Theo, is you, you, you didn't just get permission in the first place you went to. And, and number one, that doesn't mean that those are bad people. Maybe they just have other uses. Maybe they're using the land themselves. And sometimes you're going to get a no. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I, sorry, I haven't been across a, a bad landowner. You're just like, oh, yeah, sorry, we hunt the land. Or, hey, oh, it wasn't, I, everybody that said no, we were actually great people. They just get, either gave permission to, to somebody already or they hunt the land themselves, which isn't a big deal, which is everybody's right, you know? So yeah, Exactly. <laughs> now on the flip side, Theo, share with us a little bit about your biggest successes or your biggest maybe success or memorable moment or things that you've really just uh, um, held held close as something that was uh, pretty important to you? Yeah, you know, uh, the biggest success was actually taking my first buck. And I hope this doesn't sound discouraging, but it took me two years to actually shoot, you know, a deer. I shot at two deer, missed the first one, and then I finally connected on one. It took me two years just to get to that point, you know. Um, there was a lot of, okay, what am I looking for? And, you know, and, and wherever I'm hunting at trails and stuff like that. But my biggest success was actually su- successfully hunting that deer, you know, um, that, that guy, just going back to that day, the feeling that you, when you connect with it, I mean, I, I knew I wanted to go for a buck you know, I could have taken some does, but that wasn't the goal of my hunting. My goal was to actually take a decent buck and I can put on the wall. I can actually have a good memory of it. And that was, and so I took one last year. I posted a video on it. it was, that video is my raw emotions. Like I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Like it's hard to describe that feeling, but I was crying like a, like a baby. You know, I was like, Oh my God, I got this deer. My wife shared it with me. That moment with me, she was in the blind with me. And that was definitely my big success saying that all that hard work over two years or two hunting seasons finally came to fruition. And, 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 it, and it paid off big time. It's one of those things that it, you just can't, you can't buy money, man. You can't, you can't. <laughs> Hey, Theo, we've got about a minute left here. Uh, any words of encouragement for our listeners who are new to this sport of hunting in the outdoors? Uh, just do it, guys. Just get out there and do it. Don't be afraid. Um, you're going to get a lot of no's before you get yeses, and eventually everything will work out in its way, and then next thing you know, you'll have uh, some great hunting land, and you might have a nice trophy on the wall. Absolutely. A trophy, multiple trophies, lessons learned. Just, I mean, there's just so many good things that comes from all of those experiences, right? And if any of our listeners want to follow you, Theo, uh, I know you're pretty active on social media. Where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, best place to find me, you can find me on Instagram, guy 82 I know nothing to do with fishing the name, but that's just my prior military stuff. guy 82 on Instagram. Um, on my Facebook page, Beauty and the Vet Outdoors. You can follow all, I mean, anything outdoor related. Uh, you can find me and my wife. We do it all hunting, fishing, you name it. We post it on there. Or if you want to just find me on Facebook and just give me a follow or a friend request, Theo Tolliver on Facebook with one L. That is awesome. Theo Tolliver, uh, thank you. Thank you for coming on Gone Outdoors. And thank you for your service. I know it's your, your, uh, 
work in the military that brought you to North Dakota, which is awesome. I'm glad you're here, and it's always fun talking to you. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.